Welcome to InTech Duo with your hosts, Zach Chahey, along with Mike Pilcher. After a week off, we are back with episode number 13, recorded on Wednesday, August 25th, 2010. Welcome to Entech Duo. I'm your host Zach. With and I'm Mike. Mike. Oh, I'm sorry about that, Mike. <laughs> yeah. and we're recording on Wednesday, August 25th, 2010. Uh, took a short break here from the previous week. Here, um, we have a third guest on, Mike Chahey, which is my brother, of course. We're two mics on the show today. <laughs> yeah, two mics. Um, we've got um, some tech stories we're going to talk about. And then we're going to talk a little bit about some uh, WoW, which is World of Warcraft online play. And that's my brother's expertise. <laughs> um, let's get right into the uh, first story we have here on the controller for the iTouch iPhone that I saw that was on Engadget. Yeah, I'm looking at the website here. The, it looks like they've gone through several uh, iterations of the prototype, and they finally settled on how they're going to go about it. But it doesn't really say if it is universal for the iTouch and the iPhone, because they have it pictured with an iPhone in it. It doesn't look like it can collapse any smaller to accommodate an iTouch any better. I can't imagine you wouldn't be using this for an iPhone. Um, I mean, I mean... That's that's pretty much the premise here, right? I mean, if it fits an iTouch, wouldn't it fit an iPhone? Well, yeah. Well, what I'm saying is it's, it, it's pictured with the iPhone in the picture on the website, but okay. the iTouch isn't as long as the iPhone is horizontally when it's laying know, on it's, its side. Maybe it's just one of those size issues where it kind of refits to each one. I could see it maybe expanding to fit a larger phone if needed, like uh, the iPhone 4 being probably a little longer than the iPhone 3 GS and all those but the iPod Touch is still shorter yeah. and doesn't look like it collapses to hold it in any better I don't know maybe wrong yeah this uh, I don't know this is the attempt at trying to make the iPod and the iPod or the iPhone regardless of what we think here um, the attempt to make it look more like a what I'm looking at to me it looks like kind of like a wide Game Boy almost Giving some people or the issue they have with using an iPod yeah, is the fact that it's not it, there's no controls. They don't like touching a screen for everything. Yeah, and it gives just, you better grip on the device and gives you D-pad, analog pads, and four buttons to play your games with if the games are compatible with it. Yeah, I don't know. But they that, don't mention if there's uh, any source software that's going to come along with this that developers are going to need to use to take advantage of these buttons or what yeah um it says here uh, in the in the article that uh it's made by a company called rothwell it is also promising to support additional phones in the future which can be accommodated by simply swapping out the the two side pieces needed to get up the speed of the whole saga um so basically it's going to have one of those form-fitting pieces so that you can put different phones in it so i would imagine that you'd probably be able to do the ipod touch they probably have different like Head pieces to put in. I see. Okay, so those sides detach, and different sides are going to have different connectors depending on the kind of phone you have, and then it's going to attach to the data port on the phone, be it USB or the iPod connector, and that's how it interfaces. I get it now. Yeah. I mean, um, just 
another controller piece, something that they've been talking about doing for years, but now they finally have a controller in there um, for the iPhone, iTouch, whatever other phone. I would imagine they're probably going to try to do the Droid or the Android uh, handsets as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, staying on here with the gaming theme with the Sony, looks like they're considering charging more for online content. It looked like a deal with... Uh, I believe it said EA Sports. Um, kind of like a, I don't know, to me it seems a little bit more on the greed level. Uh, it says that there, the feature of EA Sports whereby the players charge $10 to unlock online content and multiplayer functionality. And basically, it it's basically unlocking the content that's on the disc. It, they're wanting to charge you $10. If I'm reading this right, why don't you charge you $10 more for unlocking something that's on the disc already? So you're paying $60 for the game. You go on to the online network of PlayStation. And now, kind of like uh, right now, I, I just started dabbling with Madden that, 2010. Yeah, that sucks to have locked extra content on the disc that you cannot access unless you pay the $10. Yeah. Or me, is this going to be you pay the ten dollars, you unlock the extra content without having to complete all the objectives in the game? It it's not real clear right now. They're gonna have an event where they're going to basically announce this, I think. Mm-hmm. They're considering it. So this isn't like uh something they've locked in stone. Um but you know, this this is one of those perks thing. People buy a game because they want to play online. They want to go and play the multiplayer based games. Mm-hmm. And when you when you cut it by saying you have to pay extra to do this part of the game, now basically you're paying eighty dollars a game, or you know this it, yeah seventy dollars for a game, sixty dollars for a game. So you're paying another ten dollars to get the functionality um, that you should be getting from the start anyway. So to me, it's just greed on top of greed because. They're already trying to get you to take a premium membership mm-hmm. with uh, the PS3 online content. That, to me, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what are you getting. Uh, to, I did a few updates for some of the games that uh, I had you get played. Trailers and that kind of thing. It's really not worth the extra money. No, I'm not seeing anything. And they're just giving you some demos. You get to play a little while longer. Some free games that come with it. All the free games are games that have been out for years that most people have stopped playing or had no interest in. It's like they're giving you all this leftover stuff that nobody really wants uh-huh. and they expect you to pay for this. Um, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, it's a joke. I, I'd love to know, you know who comes up with this stuff because it's, it's poorly planned in my opinion. Um, yeah. They want to give you something, start start giving you some movie content, you know, start doing a Netflix thing, add a little bit of TV in there, or add some extra features that people want and it, that are willing to pay for. Um, give them games, some of the games, like classic games, but don't give them, like, demo stuff that you get to play for an hour and then cut them off. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that I, that I that I'm, have a suspicion of what they're doing is, I uh, played a few of my older games recently where there were some updates, and then I went online to do some system updates. And it seems to be downloading content really, really slow. And it almost, to me, seems like people who are paying for the premium service, it almost seems to me like they're throttling them all the way back. And people who pay for the service are getting, you know, uh, 
higher speed access. And it really, to me, it, that sucks. Yeah, then that's <laughs> the only real benefit you're getting is higher bandwidth to their servers. So, uh, I don't know, uh, Mike, have you noticed anything with your PS3? No, it's, as of right now, I haven't noticed it. Okay. <laughs> um, on to yeah, Apple, we, the whole uh, media event on September 7th in San Francisco. Yeah, um, Apple coming out another event here. Um, they always give the media about a week to two week notice that they're coming out with their big event. They don't give any media a real head start with a couple months announcement. So this is put out there. Basically, they're having a, a media event on the 7th. And this is when they announce all their new product or services. Well, this, this is kind of uh, sooner than usual. Usually they have something like this a little closer to Christmas to start announcing some new things that they're going to have for the Christmas holiday. Yeah, this is uh, – well, they announce it in September, stuff that's coming for, like, the Christmas launch. And then sometimes they'll announce, like, uh, I think sometimes what's coming out uh, in January, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, the the big rumor everybody's been talking about, which, yeah, we don't hear this week after week, is the iPhone for Verizon, the CDMA iPhone. <laughs> so I doubt that'll be covered here. This is probably going to be more for their uh, ITV yeah, deal. That's that's exactly what I'm And reading. rumors surrounding the fourth generation of iPod Touch being announced. Now, I'm having an issue trying to figure out exactly what they're trying to get going here. Is this like a Netflix or Hulu kind of service that they're trying to do? The ITV, it's basically how you can download movies and TV shows and stuff like that through uh, iTunes on your iTouch and iPhone. It's going to be kind of like that for your TV. Okay. You'll be able to uh, buy TV episodes and watch them and that kind of thing. Sounds like what you do on iTunes now. Yeah, it, it's going to be kind of like the Roku box and stuff, but in a TV. Oh, they're getting you to pay almost every time. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some <laughs> free content, but uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of paid stuff where they you won't can get let, subscriptions to like uh, sports packages and that kind of thing. They won't let their uh, they won't let these boxes die, will they? <laughs> the Apple no. TV's been around for a while, but it's. Only recently started to show a little bit of life. I think it's been a, yeah. a dead project for a while now. We well, put a lot into it. The ITV kind of integrates their Apple TV into a television set. Exactly. I mean, the Apple TV thing—you had it hooked up to a TV. Yeah. Um, and basically, the only usefulness of it was to be able to play whatever you had on your iTunes, like TV shows and stuff. I saw another screen. story making a big deal that this ITV is going to have the uh, ARM processor, the same processor that they've got running in the new iPhone four. No, no yeah. kidding. And rumors <laughs> that you know all this is just pushing I, the iOS more and more into the forefront, and uh, more rumors that Apple may drop OS 10. Well, this this whole um, this whole media event was announced by Bloomberg, uh, which doesn't put things out lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think this this uh, the September 7th announcement is actually put out officially yet, but. Bloomberg is saying it, so maybe they got a heads up. Um, but they're predicting that the, they're going to be talking about the Apple TV hardware, um, and it'll be re- running the new iOS, mm-hmm. as well as a high-resolution iPod Touch with a front-facing camera, which I've we've heard over and over. Yeah, and, and it always seems to be like um, 
about a, what about six months delay? Like they come out with an, everything that comes out on an iPhone, you knew was coming for the touch. It's just a matter of time. Some aspects, anyway, not everything, because of course they haven't had added a camera to the iTouch yet. Um, well, exactly. That's why. I mean, this is the. Uh, but yeah, the faster processor, the higher resolution screen. Those are all big items I'm looking forward to, and may cause me to drop another two, three hundred dollars to get a new iTouch. Exactly. Well, I mean, let's face it. Um, what do they call their little? Uh, they have like kind of a software program. What do they call it? FaceTime with the camera. Yeah, with the uh, iPhones. Yeah. Exactly. Now, of course, uh, it only works with Wi-Fi, so you basically have to be in your house or somewhere with a Wi-Fi yeah. connection to use it. But adding it that to the, a touch. It, will, exactly, it kills the battery. So if they have it on a touch, I'm curious. Expand the user base. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're going to let people use FaceTime on the touch. Um, Remains to be seen, but you know, it's curious. I mean, it. it New iPod Touch line. I even heard some rumors about a new uh, 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 Apple uh, Touch device, kind of like a laptop touch device. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with that. I heard a few rumors about something of that nature. But yeah, uh, it's kind of like a cross between a laptop and an iPad, but it's got more to it. So I don't know what it is, uh, <laughs> but it's only a rumor at this point. Hmm. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, a lot of this content they're talking about for Apple is talking about. It's got. We'll have to see how it goes over with the media, um, like Paramount and all these other big companies, because they haven't been too receptive in the past with the way Apple handles the pricing. Mm-hmm. So, they got to stay at that sweet spot with the ninety-nine cents. Um, but we'll see if they can, they can stay there. Um. <clears throat> So moving on here, we got the Google testing Gmail, the void feature. Um, basically, the way I read it is it's, you're going to, in your email, you'll be able to call out. And this is a that kind of T-Net what? report, but um, it was on Void Genius report. Uh, Google's testing a web-based service within Gmail that will allow users to place phone calls from their inboxes. It says new reported service will allow users to make VoIP calls to a landline and cell your phone. Don't they already is, have this bundled in with Google Voice? Yeah, well, this is like kind of like an added uh, added feature to it, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, you, you'll be required to have a, a voice account. And I don't know, it says it's always, they're always testing new products and features, so we'll see how this goes. It, it, I don't know, not real exciting. It's kind of a slow tech week, so I'm just trying to pump it up a little bit here. But I, I don't know really where they're going with this. Um, sounds like a Skype feature to me. Yeah, it might be a competitor to Skype. We'll see what you see, happens. Uh, well, yeah, you go to these web pages or anything, and you see the little Skype icon you mm-hmm. use. So um, see how far they take it, I guess. Well, I guess that covers that story. Um. <laughs> yeah, there's not much to say about it. You make calls from an inbox. Kind of boring to be at, to be honest with you. And making calls. Let's see. Verizon launching $80 five gigabyte prepaid mobile broadband plan. Yeah, this looks like um, basically you're paying for uh, you're paying for a, a mobile pre- mobile plan that is prepaid. You get 100 megabytes uh, for $15, 300 megabytes uh, for seven days, and you get $30 for a gigabyte. Or you can pay $50 for five gigabytes. Now, so Verizon's idea of a days. tiered plan, but 
Hmm. I'm sorry. The five, the one gig is fifty dollars. The five gigs is eighty dollars. Uh, Mike, what do you think? You think uh you think it's worth five eighty dollars for five gigs a month? Uh, that I don't know. You know, I don't use data. How about you, Mike? Oh, um, yeah, it's kind of tough with Mike's here. Um, I, I think it depends on what you're using it for, but then what your output is in data. I mean, I know for my work, um, for what I do, I mean, it's, I think it's not a bad price at all. I don't know. How fast would you go through a <laughs> five gigabytes, $80? I don't know. It seems a bit much, but, um, I'm not really sure. We're not going to be doing a lot of media, obviously, video, but. If you were doing just email and a little bit of web browsing and some, maybe some corporate stuff on the go, uh, maybe not bad. This is all pre-made mobile. So you're basically being like a MiFi. It's, like mm-hmm. a, it's a little device that you set next to it. It's kind of like a mobile hotspot. So. But wait, so is this going to force us into buying um, a phone that's not attached to a plan so you can use this? So you got to pay full price for the phone to be able to use something like this? No, I think this is just something for more like uh, maybe travelers or people who need to need to have like a little extra. Mm-hmm. Uh, this doesn't look like it's part of your data plan for your phone because your your all you can eat plan here with your phones it's five gig cap even though they call it limited technically it's it's five gigs that you get for your thirty dollars a month. So, so I mean yeah, this is just looking like you're gonna pick up prepaid cards and then get enter the number into the database kind of thing to. Get those, get that bandwidth added to your phone. I don't think this is a hotspot deal. Exactly. Well, it, it kind of looks like that. Um, well, okay. well, that's that's what it is, really. Well, that's what a hotspot. Well, I'm showing the picture of boy, Wi-Fi, yeah, boy, hotspot. Boy Genius Report is showing a picture of basically a Verizon wireless uh, hotspot deal, but I don't think that's what it is. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I had disagree with you on that i think that's what exactly what they're talking about but they're just it's a new restructuring plan on their price yeah um, it's a new pricing plan for for prepaid broadband yeah, plan. basically it's prepaid so you do a subscription version but it mentions nothing about this being a hot spot kind of a thing that it's only available on a verizon hotspot deal and then you're using your wi-fi on your phone to connect to this no, 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 no. I, w- I didn't mean your phone. You use it for, like, your laptop or any other product that uses... Uh, yeah, that's and what I'm saying. This isn't a hotspot. This isn't a MiFi card. No, no, no. Hotspot would be the mobile. It's MiFi. MiFi is not a card that you slip in. They have that's a different deal. MiFi is the little mobile router they have. Yes, I know. So this would this would give you the access... Basically, that's what it but is. But this like, this is just a calling plan for the phone. It's not a device that you use in conjunction with your phone or with your laptop. This is just a new calling plan for your smartphone. All right, I'll pause it here. I just closed the, the report. Because <laughs> the story reads, Fierce Wireless is reporting that Verizon Wireless will unveil a prepaid $80 per month 5 gigabyte mobile broadband data plan in the upcoming months. This plan will complement the company's current prepaid broadband plans, which are $15 a day for 75 megabytes, 30 per week for 250 megabytes, and 50 a month for 500 megabytes. The reported plan, as 
current analysis analyst Deepa, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that last name right, offers con- contract-phobic high-end users with viable options, given Virgin Mobile's announcement this morning. And let's see, go to this link to their announcement, Virgin Mobile's announcement. So the report said the plan is valid up to 30 days from the time of purchase and compatible with select netbooks as well as data cards. Select netbooks that probably already have Verizon's, um, you know, CDMA so uh, built Verizon's in. dabbled in prepaid mobile broadband since last fall. The carrier offers a daily plan for $15 with a cap of 75 megabytes of usage. A weekly plan for $30 with a cap of 250 megabytes, and a monthly plan for $50 with a 500 megabyte cap. Okay, from what I read, it it's available for phone, smartphones and laptops offered through the carrier that already have the 3G built into the laptop. Well, it says it's going to be available online here, and Wednesday uh, the new plan will be available online Wednesday, which is today, and be pushed out to retail stores the coming weeks. Um, I don't know, the way they change things, you never, uh, they say one thing ahead of time to come out with it. Right? Yeah. Because so, I already changed it once, according to the one news article. So we'll have to see how that goes. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll get back, we'll get, we'll, we'll come back to that next week if we yeah, see Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. Um, getting to the uh, Android handset, since I recently acquired an Android X phone. Um, which I've been playing nonstop. <laughs> we uh, get into the stories of the Android, and a couple of stories I wanted to hit on was the uh, Adobe Flash uh, 10.1. They leaked the uh, files for it, and it worked. Basically, what they're saying is it'll work on any Android 2.2 handset. So anybody who's going to update to Froyo 2.2, uh, Flash will work. So it doesn't matter what phone it is, it will work. Um. I don't know if they were planning on limiting who it will get, but um, who was going to get it. This is if you're basically the, it says on the you'll be able to get 10.1 in the market. So when you update to Froyo, you can't just Flash isn't just going to work. You have to go to the Android market and download Flash. It's Flash 10.1 and install it first. So to come with the operating system, you have to put it on separately. Huh. But it's not that big of a that big of a thing. It's just basically saying that Flash will work on any uh, 2.2 operating system phone. Yeah, Adobe's been working hard to streamline Flash to make it usable on smartphones. Oh, sure. This is a this is kind of the spit in your eye to to, to Apple because they're doing everything they can to cooperate with uh, Google because they want to make sure all their product works. Um, It's kind of like war with uh, Apple, even though they won't admit it. Yeah, the same story here. We got Motorola, and they updated their upgrade page for all the updates coming out to the Android phones. So uh, the Droid X is supposed to get theirs in sometime September, I believe. Yeah, so they've got they've posted their roadmap for upgrades. Exactly, and um, they just recently updated it, and it's unbelievable how many phones had recently come out that still had a 2.1, but all their Verizon new ones like the the Droid has 2.2, so it's basically the every phone has a different they call a sense UI, which is like a user interface over top of 
Android instead of basic Android. They have well, SenseUI is one of the user interfaces. The, used. Yeah, that's what I was saying. The, the Droid Incredible has what they call the SenseUI. The Motorola uh, Droid X has what they call uh, they, they're calling it the Motorola. Uh, Motorola calls it Blur, but they're saying that's not what it is, even though it looks a lot like Motorola yeah. Blur. Um, because each these, manufacturer puts a different set of uh, user interface and other software yeah. into it. They've got to roll out the uh, all, the main upgrades at different times. <laughs> well, they've got you know they got to tailor the upgrades to be able to be compatible with the user interface and all that kind of stuff. Which exactly. is why we don't see 2.2 rolling out on everything at the same time. Well, exactly. And it gives them time to make sure everything's working, get everything properly tested. But you know, uh, <laughs> as hackers do, they always find things early, and Motorola does. We're really put out uh, a, a stop and assist order to mm-hmm. stop. They had a website that was basically had Droid X Froyo leaked and allowed people to, to root their phones and put new Froyo on there. And a lot of people saying it was running really nice. And uh, But the My Droid World was the site that leaked it. And they've gotten a stop and assist for Motorola. They don't want them coming out with it right now. I guess they want to have time to make sure everything is working properly. But... You obviously don't want to allow a company to one shot over them and, and uh, things out that early. I don't see how they can send out the cease and desist order like that. I mean, it. I don't know. It, it's. I don't see how they can have full control over it like that. If 2.2 is out and somebody adapts it to work on one of the other phones, then so be it. Well, no, it. it this is the this is the Froyo update for the Droid X. Mm-hmm. So somehow somebody got their hands on it from Motorola and they leaked it out okay. um, before it was actually done. Um, so I'm not really sure what the problem was. I mean, obviously it wasn't officially an official launch, so they don't want somebody else launching their software because you never know if they're tagging anything on. You, you That's know, true. That, what, Safety what, reason. What is that? Yeah, safety reasons and security yeah, reasons, people, yeah. Yeah, most people, they run out there, they get these leaks, they update their phones, and you never know if this is the true code or mm-hmm. if somebody's modified it. Um, my brother did the same thing with his uh, his Storm. Uh, Mike, did you update your Storm too? He, he's, with- he's gone away from the keyboard right now. Okay. <laughs> um yeah, uh, he, a while back he had the original Storm, which was giving him a lot of problems. I had it too, by the way, and I took it back. I didn't like it. But he had the original Storm, and it had so many issues. And then it took Verizon so long to come out with the update that a lot of people were using it already because it, it, they leaked that out too. So my brother downloaded it, and he said it really improved the performance of his phone. Um, is that you, Mike? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're just covering the... Uh, the leaked update for Froyo for the Android phone, and it was telling them about the, when you updated your Storm phone, when you found the website had the leaked update. So uh, how did that, you, was that on your Storm 1? Uh, yeah, it was uh, crackberry.com. Okay. So um, basically what happens in that site, it's, it's a great site, but I really believe, and most people there believe as well, that it's actually the BlackBerry developers leaking it out so that we can actually do the testing for them. So... Um, because the updates were so clean and they were put out so often and were um, well-structured and it's just a well-thought-out plan that someone had 
leak these out, so it wasn't just an average person leaking this. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I think that's a lot of how a lot of these websites work now. Uh, I think companies are using them to their advantage. They leak, they leak things out, make it look like somebody found out about this, and that's that's how these companies are working now. They're using all these bloggers and everything to their advantage. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you would you would think that somebody's getting hold of your updates that frequently, you would find a way to stop, you know, plug plug that hole up. You obviously have somebody that's you know leaking your code out. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I would agree. Somebody's definitely doing it on purpose. <laughs> so yeah, strategic leaks are the end thing right now. Oh yeah, Apple. I'm pretty sure Apple has been doing it for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, anyway, I mean that's we talked about the Droidex getting the the Fario update, and that pretty much covers our news stories this yeah. week. But we wanted to talk a little bit about WoW here. World of Warcraft. Exactly, exactly. We're going to add a link to my brother's uh, WoW player, so you can check on the standings. Um, so basically. I'm gonna let my brother explain what what he's into here as far as the uh, what is it uh, some kind of battle group or that you you do weekly. Well, what, what it is is that it's called arenas, and okay. I've been basically within World of Warcraft. There's um, several different types of content. The main content uh, being called PVE, and PVE is basically where it's player versus the everyone. Um, con- <laughs> Pardon me. Player versus everyone. Right, but it's more so um, based upon NPCs and content within the game. So yeah. it's mainly uh, the AI of the actual game itself. And you got PvP, which is player versus player. So in player versus player, there's different types of that within the game. So you have um, what they call battlegrounds, and there's you know five different battlegrounds within the game where just anyone can uh, queue up for it and just go play anyone they want, different classes. And, and you can kill with different people as well within your own group. But the arena is really for... It's, it's, it kind of gets to the point where you're getting seriously, you're getting serious into it, and you're starting to actually play against really good players. And it kind of works in like a ladder-based system. So you'll start out with a zero, zero rating, um, and this comes in three different flavors. You have uh, two versus two, three versus three, and five versus five. And... So for two versus two, two for example, um, that one is a little bit more. It's pretty it's pretty easy, but uh, the compositions there that you have in that team, um, it, it gets to the point where there are certain comps. When I mean comps, certain different classes you, you put together that just run over everybody. And three versus three, it's a much more balanced uh, class, much more balanced um, uh, arena team to play on. And five versus five takes a lot more skill. And also you've got five different people who are trying to schedule together to play games. Um, so going back to the rating, you start at zero. And the highest rating is over 3K. And depending on the teams you play, when you first start playing, you get 48 points and you hit 30 points, 20 points. And the higher you go up the rating, the lower your points you'll get per win per game. So... Um, I'm at a point right now where, and I've been playing this game for a long time, um, since the first game out, and I've been doing Battlegrounds and then Arenas for the last three years. 
Um, this is the first year, though, that it's been first arena season. It's now its eighth season that I've gotten pretty serious with it. And it turns out that my two teammates, they're actual professional professional gamers, and they actually are on a pro circuit tour. Oh, and wow. the pro circuit tour they're on is called MLG. Okay, this, is, this is something you make. I'm sorry, uh, what is it? It's called MLG, which is Major League Gaming. And this isn't just World of Warcraft as part of uh, Major League Gaming. This has um, Call of Duty, and I mean, it has all the big games, uh, uh, Gears of War, Call of Duty 4, Halo 3, um, Call of Duty, World of War. So, I mean, it's, it's not just World of Warcraft. This is an actual yeah, major, major tournament. gaming uh, pros. And so my two teammates are, um, my one teammate, uh, he's the shaman. He's actually ranked probably in the top 10 in the U.S. Um, and the paladin is ranked in the top five, I think, in the world now. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty here. You make money on this, right? I personally don't make money on it. But these you guys can. make can, money yeah. if you're professional, yes. Okay. And this is, comes from sponsorship, or do you win, like, do they have... Like prize money for some of these competitions, or um, they do. Um, I but I'm not entirely sure because again, I'm not a pro. But just from listening to them, um, they get money. Like for example, my my one of my teammates is sponsored by Belkin, and um, the other teammate uh, is sponsored by oh shoot, who's sponsored by sponsored by um um. Naga. I don't spread Naga. So these guys, they get free keyboards and they get mice and other gaming-related hardware. Um, and so they get that. That's free. And they get their expenses paid. For example, there's a tournament coming up uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, August 27th and 29th. Their hotel expenses and um, any other related traveling expenses, they get paid. Oh, that's now, cool. Now, I believe they place... A certain, uh, I don't know what their placement is, but I think the top three do get money prizes. And at the end of the year, there's like an overall leaderboard. They get prizes as well. Wow. So and they can a, make significant amount of money. I mean, it's we're talking six figures for some of these guys. It's blew me away. Okay. So, uh, what what kind of um, hold on here one second. What what kind of uh, <laughs> what, what kind of rating system do we go by here? How many you're like right now? I see that you're um, at 113th. So mm-hmm. what do, what is your aspiration? What do you hope to get down to? Uh, is it you're supposed to get down under? You want to get like under 100? Absolutely. Like right now, you said 113th. Our, our goal is to get to the top 10. Okay. And um, you know, and that's in our battle groups. Our our top 10. You're talking about. 5,000 plus teams and that we're competing against. And your character name is Slundar? Mm-hmm. The King's there. I like that. <laughs> and then level 80 is at the highest you can go? Yes, in yes. the game. Yeah. Okay. And the other people that you play with, your teammates, do you, there's two others? That's correct. Where are they, or where are they hailing from? What, what are the locations? Are any of them out of the country or are they like in the United States? Uh, one's in Canada and one's in uh, California. Okay, so it must make it pretty rough to, to schedule times to get up and play. And, um, that's pretty cool. Um, I think maybe we, you know, maybe we do some kind of a special show here where we talk about just WoW and what's going on with the 
That could be a long life, show. <laughs> uh, gaming scene here. Because uh, I would like to get into a little bit of talk about the StarCraft game, too, and the obsession the Koreans have with it. <laughs> they take it very seriously. Um, so I guess we'll cut it here, and then we'll try to we'll uh, try to make a separate show here, maybe get my brother to, to invite some of his friends on here, and we'll, we'll get into a deeper discussion yeah, about nice it. Yeah, nice group conversation. Kind of on time here. But, um, but summer and school starting and things getting a little hectic here. I hope to keep the weekly shows coming. We did miss one or two here, but we will come back and start getting back on a weekly schedule here. So yeah, it's been a struggle lately. Are right, you there, Mike? I'm here. All right. The other Mike? Yeah, we're all here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I guess we'll cut it here and. Um, that's it for this week. Uh, we'll catch you again on episode 14. Hopefully come to you next week. Thanks for listening to the show. Follow us on Twitter at InTechDuo. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, or if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, then feel free to send us an email at InTechDuo at gmail.com. To find out more about us or to view our show notes on this episode, then visit us at our website at InTechDuo.blogspot.com. <laughs>